The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today we have someone that is very, 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 very special with us. And um, she's not a um, stranger to God's movie house. She's uh, been with us from the beginning, encouraging us, you know, um, and all that stuff. She had a program last week, Women Cry Out, which was, uh, my head was fantastic. And, um, but she's here today to bring the word of the Lord to us from the throne of grace. So let's put our hands together for the Lord as we welcome Pastor Benigo Omayuku to God's favorite house. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Let's keep clapping. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do it would be funny if I asked the choir to please do that song again. So, <laughs> is it too much? No. I like that part where it says, seems like heaven. I, I love it. Yes. It, and isn't that what we are experiencing? That's what we are experiencing. Heaven is coming down to earth. Oh, yes, yes. See his glory. Feels like heaven on a Something's falling, something's warriors is with a lot of noise and blood is with a lot of noise and blood so if you are a prayer warrior for example there's a point where you can't be quiet the prayer can't be quiet anymore you you and if sometimes you have issues you are desperate to see the mind of God it, you can't be quiet anymore and when heaven is coming down, some people don't see it. They don't see the glory coming, but some see the glory. How does it say again? How does it come down? Lightning, uh -huh. lightning, lightning and thunder. And please sing that part again. God, it thunders as the sound of many waters. 
God can come quietly, he can come with a lot of noise. You know, sometimes when you read the Bible, you are amazed when God is about to come. You know that he can come quietly, but then he says there was thunder, lightnings. You know, if you read um, one of the gospels account of how Jesus was raised, I'm just, I'm amazed at God. Sometimes he likes drama. He says there was thunder, lightning, then an angel appeared in white, then they rolled away the stone. This morning, God is moving in different ways, in different lives. We want to express that side of him. I want you to lift up your voices as the choir takes that part of the song again. Lift up your voices and appreciate him and just see him for that God, that glamorous, if you like, God that he is. And just lift up your voices. Appreciate him. Let there be a lot of noise in the house. Just giving our God pleasure. Just make that Father, we appreciate you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, oh God. Heavenly Father, once more, we want to look in your word. My God, I pray this morning that you will yet again reveal yourself in the way that we will understand. We speak as your oracles. Speak to everyone as individuals. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Maya. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes. 
we are still talking about before the rain stops you. We are still talking about before the rain stops you. In a way, we are just going to conclude. We'll continue from where we stopped and we'll just conclude. Praise the name of the Lord. Please oblige me. Let's rise as we read the word of God from 1 Kings 18, 41 to 44. We'll be reading from the New King James Version, 1 Kings 18. We won't just read, we will proclaim the word of God. I believe that today's manifestation must be with lightning and thunder. So we'll proclaim the word with power. When we do that, we announce the word. We announce it in the atmosphere. We put it out there. And the devil knows that the word does not return to God without accomplishing its purpose. The angels know that too. So let's proclaim the word of God. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 44. Let's go. Then Elijah said, oh, sorry. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 44. Please put New King James Version up. Okay, do you people have your Bibles? Where is Alfred? I hope he's there. He's there, okay. Okay. So let's start. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat. We are proclaiming it together, all of us together. So you are reading as I'm reading. Let's go. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance. No, now, you people are reading like people that are, they just woke them up from sleep. After all that lightning and thunder. <laughs> okay, let's start again. <laughs> Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, yes, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. As you sit down, please say to your neighbor, Go down before the rain stops you. Amen, 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 amen. And the rain won't stop us in Jesus' name. Yes. So um, we're in that season of open heavens. You know, it's not the easiest thing to preach the same sermon in two services, you know. <laughs> so, um, yes, so we agree that we are in the season of open. I feel like just moving on, but I know that um, we have to backtrack a little. So we are in the season of open heavens. How many people are enjoying open heavens right now? How many? Let me see your hands. Oh, yes. I'm glad that sister really is enjoying open heavens. So the people that didn't put their hands up, it's safe to say that you are not yet. Yet, Abby, you are not yet good. I like it when people are honest with themselves. Okay, so, I mean, for those that put up their hands, did you put up your hand because you have seen anything significant change in your life? You have? Okay, good. So, are there some that haven't seen anything significant change also, but believe that the heavens are open over them? Yeah. Okay, so that's very okay. It's always, um, there are always people that see when some have not yet started seeing, and then they that believe will do what they will see. Our faith, we don't, um, we don't believe because we see. We see because we believe. That's, that's it about our faith. That's the reality. Yes, that's the reality. So you just keep trusting and trusting him. So Ahab... Um, the, 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 
there was need for the heavens to open at this point in time. There was no rain in the land. And the heavens needed to open. Rain, water coming down from heaven, was the blessing that was needed at the time that we just read about. And Elijah went to the, Elijah said to Ahab, the king, he said to him, you go down. Elijah had been praying for the heavens to open. He knew that it was the mind of God that heavens should open. You know, sometimes some people say, oh, since God has already said he will do it, you, why do I need to pray? He will do it anyway. But he says you should talk to him about it. He says, while you are yet praying, I will answer. But God wants to be invited into the situation. He's not a God that just comes in carelessly. He's not a thief. That's why he doesn't force his way into any life. He stands at the door and he knocks. If you invite him in, then he will come in. Some people say, if he knows him, I need him, then he should just come. No, that's not who God is. So he always, he wants you to invite him into the situation. He says the one that enters without invitation is a thief. And he's not. God will come in legitimately. So Ahab, God had spoken to Elijah and told him that, you know, there will be rain. So it was time for that, for the revelation or for the manifestation of this rain. So Elijah went up to the top of the mountain to pray. And um, he didn't need Ahab praying with him. Sometimes you don't need everybody with you at that point of prayer. You heard the word. The Bible says if they be prophets and they hear, they should return to God with the word. Not make it a topic of gossip or return to God with it. You know some people, they'll say, ah, God told me that there will be rain. Can you imagine? There's about to be rain. Then they'll tell another person, you're going from person to person, trying to show that you too, you are a prophet and you hear God. You know it's more important to some people. So you are going from person to person saying that. Meanwhile, you forget to do your own part. There's always a part you have to play in heaven coming down to earth. So Ahab, um, Elijah had been told that heaven was about to release something on earth. But of course, he had worked with God enough to know that he had a part to play. Earth always has a part to play. So he went to the top of the mountain to pull down from heaven in the place of prayer that which God was going to do. It has to happen first in the spiritual for it to happen in the physical. If it hasn't happened in the spiritual, there's no happening in the physical. The, the Bible says that the spiritual is, is so real that it is more real than the physical. The only people that don't accept that are the believers. Why do I say we don't accept it? We know it for a fact, but we live like as though it is not true. Interestingly, the unbelievers pretend to live like as though it is not true, but they don't. They understand the spiritual. That's why a lot of them go to all sorts of places that you would consider very indecent and do all sorts of indecent things, all for spiritual reasons. Yet you and I allow them mock us when they say you are too spiritual, but they are very spiritual. So why are you uncomfortable with feeling spirit, with them calling you spiritual? We all are. Just that we are the ones that are correctly and really spiritual. For them, there's no, their spirit man is dead. It has no life. So it's an extension of their flesh. They drive flesh. You can drive flesh so hard that, in fact, it can begin to do things like astral travel and go, but it's not the spirit. So man, however, you and I, however, have the spirit of God who takes us on a journey in the realm of the spiritual and helps us. So there's nothing wrong with being spiritual. Tell your neighbor, there's nothing wrong with being spiritual. 
No, it's very okay. I didn't say you should be spooky. <laughs> you now be seeing demons. No, I said that there's nothing wrong with being spiritual. What is it to be spiritual? You study the word, you tarry in the place of prayer, you pray without ceasing, always open to hearing from God, and you allow him to guide you. It's very simple. This Christian work, it's not that complicated. It's just this. Trust and obey for this. Ah, you people do it well. Yes. Thank you. It's that simple. It gets a little complicated when you don't want to obey. Or when you want to semi-obey. You know, it, it becomes very complicated. I'm not saying that, you know, you don't struggle sometimes with the obedience, but it becomes easy when you surrender to it. So there's the spiritual, and um, it is important that you are aware that there is a spiritual world. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit will take you in there. He's your guide as you go in there, and he's a good guide. His presence in our lives makes us more than conquerors so that we are not afraid to go there. So Elijah, very aware of that information, heard that God, God had told him that he should go. He was going to send rain. So he came, and then he went to the top of the mountain to draw down that desire of God. If you go to the top of the mountain, to draw down a desire that is not of God, you are on your own. Yes. If you go to the top of the mountain, you see somebody. Okay, that's not a good example. I was going to talk about how you see somebody happily married, then you go and be praying that the person should be your wife or your husband. That you are on your own. It's not going to happen. If God loves you, he will help you by telling you to redirect your prayer. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, because all sorts of things happen in the church today. Then you start telling yourself that they didn't look happy together. The person is, I, you know, when you have been in church for many years, you counsel all sorts of situations. So you have heard many interesting things. If I wrote a book, you will buy it quickly. If I wrote a book of stories I heard in church, but you won't buy it to learn. You will buy it because you are a good gossip. <laughs> So, interestingly, there is the spiritual, and Elijah went there and pulled down the mind of God. There are times when you need to just be there alone, be there alone, you know? You just need to do it all by yourself. When Abraham was going to um, sacrifice his son, at some point he told everybody to wait and said he will go with just Isaac. And he didn't even give Isaac all the facts of what was going to happen. Isaac said, ah, we have the wood, we have this. He said, don't worry, God will provide himself, you know, the sacrifice. But you know what? Sometimes you don't need to be telling anybody because there are what you call scoffers. They would have said, ah, eh? I don't think Abraham told his wife, self, because if you were his wife, and that was your only child. I would be shocked if she said, take him, go, and sacrifice him. <laughs> so there was, it was for good reasons that he didn't tell anyone. Even the son, he didn't tell him that we don't have another. This is what God told me, said I should sacrifice you. He waited until it was time for the sacrifice. So you don't need to be saying everything, you know. Some things you need to just say to God. So this man went to God. He said, okay, I know you're going to enjoy the benefits of this rain. In fact, it will be to your credit, O Ahab. But you know what? Just you go. Go. Go quickly so that the blessings don't stop you. Let me just say this as an aside. It's not every time you fight to take the glory. I mean, you shouldn't. God will give you the glory. He knows how to announce you if you do something. You know, don't be afraid 
to let someone else, you know, be king. Elijah was the, was the one that prayed down what was about to happen. But the king was still going to be the king who reigned in a wonderful time. You know, his season was not just going to end with a drought. They'll say, oh, during the reign of King Ahab, rain came down. You don't have to be the Elijah that says, I actually was the one that prayed it down. <laughs> it's okay for him to be king. God knows how to honor you for what you have done. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. That's our God. Deborah. The Bible says Deborah said to the king at the time, she said, King, don't you know what God said? Are we going to sit by and watch all these things happen? It's time for you to go to war. He said to her, okay, I can fight too, but you must come to battle with me. In the course of, you know, her speaking, in a way she was prophesied, she was speaking concerning the battle. She said, Deborah, we'll go to war. The king will go to war. She said, but we are not the ones that we kill that would kill the enemy, the leader, and kind of finish the war. He says, another, she said, another woman, there will do that. But yet, she went to war. The woman didn't go to war. If it's some people, as God has told them, that it's another woman that will kill, they'll say, well, king, go and look for that woman first. Because you must always take the glory. And by so doing, many have lied, ruined other people's lives just because you want to be seen as taking, as being the one. You have manipulated things, shifted things the way they shouldn't be. I pray that in this time when the heavens are open, you will make the right adjustment. So he said to him, go down before the rain stops you. I want you to bear in mind the fact that the rain was the blessing that they were hoping for. So why would um, Elijah say, go before the rain, which was the blessing, stop you? Which means that the blessing in itself can become a problem if you are not properly located when it comes down. The blessing itself can become a problem. And God knew that. That's why he said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, he says, look, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless you greatly. I'm going to do things that you have not seen. I'm taking you to a land full of blessings. He says, but when you go there, remember me. And he told them how to remember God. He says, do all that. He says, because I'm the one that gives you the power and the capacity to do what? To make the wealth that you have need. Which is also, I mean, wealth is many things. When we hear wealth, we tend to think money, but it's much more than that. If you had all the money in the world and you didn't have good health, that's a problem. And, you know, several other things. Just peace. If your heart is garrisoned with peace, it's a whole lot. They don't, you can't buy it. People think they can buy peace. They have tried and they still didn't have it. But God gives it without any cost. There's something about peace. So, Elijah said to him, you need to go down very fast. You need to change your location so that the blessings which are coming from heaven do not ruin you instead of taking you forward so they don't take you backward or cause you to be stagnant. So that's where we started from this morning. And then one of the things we talked about was that before you move physically, you would have had to move in your mind. So your mind is the first place where the motion takes place. Where does God want your mind to be? In a good place, in a place where you can receive his blessings and receive them well. 
well includes enjoying the fullness of the blessings. So we looked at the scripture in Romans 12 that says you should allow your mind to be conformed to the, don't, that you shouldn't allow your mind to be conformed to the culture of the world, but allow the word of God transform your mind so that you will begin to think like God would like you to think. So that you begin to think like God would like you to, to think. And we say that, you know, there are many reasons for which it becomes difficult for us to think like that. You know, sometimes you don't want people to think you are stupid. Sometimes it becomes difficult because it's um, many times we think we build on our thoughts. But sometimes you have to unlearn some things to learn new ones. At different stages in your life, one has to unlearn some things. It could be some attitude, some you have to remove them from your life and begin to build again. You know, with God, he can always shake the foundation to work on it. That's God. He can go deep down to the beginning because he is the alpha and the omega. He, he, there's no stopping the extent to which God can go, whether it's down or up. So he can go deep down to the foundation to reshape the things that were already there, which would translate to having to unlearn some things sometimes and then learning new ones. So we said we, sh we have to be open to those kind of... Um, you have to be open to that. And then the last thing, the one thing we're talking about before we, as we began to shut down was the fact that, you know, one of the things that creates a problem for us with unlearning, allowing ourselves to, um, to be who God wants us to be, allowing ourselves change location in our minds so that we can physically move so that the blessings, we enjoy the blessings as we should, we would have to ensure that we don't walk contrary to Jesus. You would have to ensure that you walk with Jesus. We can't walk opposite, contrary, and even see the blessings. Now, so let's just begin to build from there. If I'm going to bless you, you would have to, it means, I want, let's say I want to give you something, whatever the blessing is. You have to look to me to get it from me. Maybe I have my ways of giving out the thing. If you want it, you have to align with my own way of giving it out. That you, you have to understand me enough to know that if she says I'm going to give you maybe money, She's going to do it. Let me just see where she's going to drop it. Now, for God, therefore, the devil blesses, in quotes. There are some people that feel that the devil has done wonderful things for them. What has God done? What they do understand is that there is a blessing that adds no sorrow with it and indeed makes rich. That is, it has the capacity to improve you, enlarge you, and take you to the next level. That blessing comes from God and God alone. So sometimes they say, what do I need this blessing for? That I have to, you know, align and all that. When this other one, I mean, all I need to do is tell some lies here, do some things, and, you know, get some maybe bribe, make some money. The one thing you don't know is this. That blessing doesn't last. It adds sorrow with it because the devil doesn't give anything without you paying a price. If you didn't pay it before, you will pay it after. He's certainly coming. So if you choose, therefore, it doesn't make rich. It adds sorrow with it. It doesn't make rich and it doesn't last forever. But there is a God in heaven who does and does very well. So you have to identify, you have to observe him enough to know that when the heavens are open, you can trust him to bless you. 
and you can trust him if you haven't seen the blessings that you think manifest, if you think you are not blessed yet because you haven't seen the manifestation or maybe one of the things you are asking him for that would translate to blessing for you. You haven't seen the manifestation. You have to know him enough to know that you can wait because he's working. So if the heavens are open, they are open. Whether you have seen the blessings or not, God is working. Slowly but certainly. It's just that he works silently. So you may not see him working, but he is what? That's right. You have to love him enough to believe it. When I say love him enough, love you. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is trusting. You have to love him enough to trust him and to believe that he's working. Because you know what? He is working. But if you don't, you will not be patient. You yourself would wait for a minute and then you move away. And every time you move away, if the blessing perchance is a process, you start again when you come back. So it just tends to make the journey longer and longer for yourself. Sometimes in the middle of the open heavens, where you are trusting God and you're so excited, suddenly you go down to the world to seek for help. The Bible says, woe. In Isaiah 31, it says, woe is a curse. Curse the seed that goes to Egypt to seek help. It says, oh, you've seen the horses, the strong horses, and you trust in all that. It says, okay. So what will happen? If they say cost is the person, you leave, you've already left the open heavens and gone out somewhere. Then in the middle, you say, oh, this God didn't help me. You are not there. You have moved to operating under a curse. And there's a struggle. That's why in Hosea it says, you are neither here nor there. Because that little letter God there, the devil, he's not interested in you. He just tried to steal you, to lure you out. So you have been lured out. You are now somewhere else. Guess what? The one on God, meanwhile, you've left the open heavens and moved to operating on that because heaven is waiting for you to come back. And they are saying, just come back. The heavens are still open. You will now have to make a decision to return. It's not, the Bible says it's not God that entices you or pulls you out. You have something inside you that you are lost in for. It's like somebody dangling ice cream. Maybe if you're one of those that like ice cream. They are dangling the ice cream in front of you. You are a member of this church. And the word for you is open heavens. And the heavens are open. You are waiting for the ice cream. You know you want the ice cream. It's inside you. So the desire is inside you. And then you are waiting. The ice cream is not coming. And then somebody over there is holding ice cream. They are holding it and holding it. The Bible says, out of your own lust. You are lusting for ice cream. Nobody pushed you. You will look at the ice cream out there to the point where you start to move. You move a little. You move a little. You are moving out. It's the ice cream you are looking at. Before you know it, you move out of the covering of the open heavens and find yourself in another kingdom. And then you will say, I did not, I have not seen open heavens. But you are not there. And God is waiting for you to come back. Because when you were leaving, they had started mixing the ice cream. It is a process sometimes. It is a process. Maybe you wanted the pink one and they thought the yellow one is better for you. So as they are mixing the yellow one, they are also working on your mind so that you will change your location. So that when you and the ice cream meet, it will be perfect for you. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So the heavens are indeed open. The heavens are indeed open. Just make sure that you are working with the God of heaven. That's the God that can do those things. So it is important that as we wait on him for this blessing, we do it with Jesus. 
the one who understands life. He wrote the plan for life. He doesn't, you know, God always, his intention is always for us to walk with him. You can't be so um, complete that you are complete without him. It is in him or with him, whatever you, in whichever way you want to look at it, that you are complete. He made himself part of your completeness. Why? You can't, you, I don't know why. That's one of the things you can't explain, but that's how it is. And you know what? You don't have strength to deal with many situations. The one with whom we have to deal, the enemy, is a bad devil. We play like as if he's the devil, you know, but he can be good sometimes. He's a bad devil. There's no good in him. If it looks like he's being good, he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. But our God is a good God. If it looks like he's being mean, he's working good for you. So we need Jesus in this thing. And if you go the way of the world, you can't achieve God's purpose for your life. You will not enjoy the fullness of the blessing. And the blessings are for you and I. So we are meant to enjoy the blessing. One of the things that works against us is the company that we keep. It's so key. It affects your location. Your mind may be right. Even if you allow your mind to be transformed, if you keep listening to the wrong things, you will do what? You will relocate to where you had moved from. Remember, we said you first move in your mind before it shows physically. You have to make a decision. When Ahab said to, when Elijah said to Ahab, go down, Elijah would, um, Ahab would have to think of it and say, oh, I really must go down. So it happens in your mind first before it translates to the physical. So when God is working on your mind, what kind of company do you keep? I'm not talking about people that, you know, you spend a little time with. I'm talking about the people you give your ear to. We have talked about allowing your mind to be transformed. We have talked about, you know, the world, and I'm going to go back to that, you know. But what do you give your mind to? I'm going to read um, from Psalm 1, and I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. It says, what delight comes to those who follow God's ways? Who for those who follow God's ways. It says, they won't walk in step with the wicked, nor will they share the sinner's way, nor will they be found sitting in the scorner's seat. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in his true revelation of light. He says they will be standing firm, like, Alfred, please, can you put the King James on the screen? The King James version, because I'm going to go back to it. I told you people in the morning service that somehow I'm still stuck. I'm trying to unlearn that to learn new things. Oh, no, 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 I just need to add to King James. So, yes, that's a good one, Abby. Thank you. He says they'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree. Yes, thank you. Keep that King James on the screen. So, but listen to me now for this one. Don't look at the King James. We'll talk about it later. It says, they'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked? All they are is dust in the wind, driven away to destruction. The wicked will not endure the day of judgment, for God will not defend them. Nothing they do will succeed or endure for long. For they have no part with those who walk in truth. But how different it is for the righteous. The Lord embraces their path. 
as they move forward, while the way of the wicked lead only to doom. Now, so the Bible says, the man is blessed. He's enjoying open heavens, especially in a situation, in a season like this, whether it looks like things have started shifting or not. If you are rightly positioned, and what is your right positioning? This is what we are looking at. You are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, nor are you standing in the way of sinners, nor are you sitting in the seat of the scornful. Ask your neighbor, please. I hope you are not scornful. Yes. Neighbor, don't be angry. Sometimes someone needs to ask us for us to think deeply. When they ask you, your first response may be anger. But then you need to ask yourself, wait for a minute. Am I scornful? It's a question you need to ask yourself. You scoff. You know when they will say, oh, the Lord has done this. I wonder what are you doing coming to the church if you, what your response will do. Oh, they're always saying that. Ah, so you believe that thing they said. Where are you from? There are some people like that in church. Those are not the ones you want to be listening to if you want to enjoy a season like this. Those are not the ones. You know, the Bible talks about such people. It says, this, it calls them false, Jude refers to them as false brethren. They are in church, they are like you and I. But why they, they are called, if they didn't look like brethren, he wouldn't have referred to them as brethren. But he says they are not real brethren. They are the ones that they say, ah, stop deceiving yourself. How many times have they said open heavens? Then you now think it's true. This is not the first time. Then you already, I can see some people laughing. They, they have had the experience. They know what I'm talking about. Yes. You need to, I have had those kind of experiences too. But when you see people that say such things to you, what should you do? Let me say it the way my people will say it. Give them gap. Yes. You, you, <laughs> some people are understanding it right there. Thank you. Yeah. You need to give them gap. It has nothing to do with whether you love them or you don't love them. You can love them with the gap. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. There's something my pastor calls enlightened self-preservation. You, let me translate it, you borrow yourself sense. Yes, that's what it is. So you advise yourself properly. You step away. The Bible says the people that do such things, they end up nowhere with nothing. Even in the season of blessings. You see such people in church. Why are you scornful when you're always sad anyway? We, we, you, you just, why don't you just change location? Tell yourself, let me try from the other side. In this one season of open heaven, this one, if you have been scorning the word of God, just say in this one, let me even try and see whether if I change my location, something will change for me. You know the truth? Sometimes what you need to draw down your miracle is just a change of heart. To allow the joy of God fill you in spite of what is happening around you, that may be all you need to experience the open heavens. God is working. God is serious. God doesn't say he's not a frivolous God. Do you know that? He's not a frivolous God. I know that you don't have a frivolous pastor. I know that he does not carelessly say the things that he says. He's a man of deep prayer. He's a man that goes to God for his people. He takes that appointment from God very seriously. I know that for certain. 
So he won't say something that he doesn't believe God has asked him to say. And just perchance, let's say for example, he believed that he heard God and he made a mistake. God will honor that word because he knows that he loves him that much. So, trust him. Trust God. Enough to move from where you are. Trust him enough to stop being scornful so that you may enjoy the blessing at the times that we are in. You love him enough to give some gap while you are believing. I've spoken to two sets of people just in this past few minutes. You may need to move a bit, give the person some gap. The person also needs to make the decision themselves to just try him in this season and to see if they will not enjoy his blessings. The Bible says people that trust him, that don't stay, don't give their ear to this comfort or the sinners. You know, and sometimes we think we are strong enough to deal with it. I can be listening to it and it will never affect me. It will affect you. You just don't know that it has started. It will eventually do what? Affect you, yes. That wall will come down. When the people of Jericho, when they saw the Israelites moving around, I'm sure they were, they were thinking, what daft people are these? They're just going round and round the wall. See how they're going round, singing. One time, they, are, they were quiet the first time, second time, third time. And they're wondering, ah, do these people know that we are ready to fight? We can kill them. Those ones were just going round, round. One time they shouted and all the walls came down. He's a foolish man that sits down in this place and thinks that nothing is affecting him. By the time you know, you have been wrecked completely. So you must give gap. God is wise. He's much wiser than you and I. That's why he says, be careful. But he says, for everyone who stays away from that path that he has described? He says, you'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree. Like a flourishing tree, bringing forth its fruit, the right fruit in the right season. This is the season of open heavens. Just trust him enough to know that you are standing and you will definitely see the fruits in the name of Jesus. You will definitely see the fruits in the name of Jesus. You just need grace and your eyes to be open to identify the blessings as they begin to flow and to allow the changes that God needs to make in your life as he begins to make them so that the two, you and the blessings, will come together. And the blessings won't stop you, but will move you forward in the name of Jesus. Another thing he says is, if you're going to operate in this place, if you're going to stay away to give gap to those that you need to give gap, you yourself need to be sure that you don't set your affections or your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 John 2. 1 John 2. I'll read from the Passion Translation again. It says, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. It says, the love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. You can't manage the two together. You can't be so desperately wanting to be acknowledged in the world and you want to desperately receive the blessings of God. The two don't work together. The interesting thing is, if you stay with God and walk his path, eventually even the world will acknowledge you. They will respect you. It may not be without its own trials or difficulties, but eventually they will respect you. So he says, but you can't do the two together. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world and the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father. 
If you have any of these things, we talked about them more in the first service, just know that none of these attributes come from the Father. If you have them, know that, just tell yourself, advise yourself that you are focused on the world instead of being focused on God. Now, there was a man in the Bible, and we are closing. His name is Jonah. A whole book is written about him in the Bible. Jonah was not unlike you and I. God loved Jonah, and Jonah probably loved God. Mm -hmm. And he was a good Christian, I believe, because the Bible says he had God, and God spoke to him. So God said to Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them this, that, and that. And Jonah thought, no, I'm not going. And what he said about God was correct. So he knows God. He must have been a Christian. He said, I know you. If I tell them and they repent, you will now change your mind. And you won't do what, you have, what you're sending me to do. He said, so I'm not going. Why would he say that? Because he considered himself very important. His status was important to him. He didn't want God to make him have a bad name. Because if he prophesied to them, and then God came again, which he knows that God can do, if they ask for mercy, his description of God was accurate. God would change his mind and be nice to them. That is God. That's why he's sending the message in the first place, to give you the opportunity to make a change. And if you're here and you're in the wrong place, the reason you're hearing this today is not because we want to laugh and play. It's because God is desperate for you to enjoy the blessing. So he wants you to make a change. That's the God that we serve. So Jonah said no. Feeling like the good Christian that he is, he said, I'm going in another direction. At the end of the day, he goes through a whole journey. He enters into a boat, going in the opposite direction to where God sent him. This is a man that loved God, in quotes. I mean, he, he heard God. He spoke to God. He entered the boat. He deliberately was going in another direction. Put other people's lives at risk. That's why I said, you have to give some people gap. In this story of Jonah, which some of you may not have read, but is there in the Bible, just go to the place where it has content and look for Jonah. You will find, yes, the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes people think that the most spiritual thing is to know where everything is in the Bible. Meanwhile, you are not living according to the thing. Don't just use content. They put it there for a reason. It's okay. Yes. So, if you look for Jonah, you will find it and then read the story. So, he was going in the opposite direction. And the Bible tells us that he put other people's lives at risk. These coffers and these corners are going in the opposite direction. Those people that always like to tell you what the church should have been doing that they are not doing. They are going in the opposite direction. And sadly, they don't go alone. At least you can just tell me, see, I'm going in the opposite direction, so it's okay, you can go another way. He entered into the boat, and these people were there, put all their lives at risk, and as usual, guess where he was when everything was falling apart? He was sleeping, it's so annoying. <laughs> and it's true. The Bible says all the other people. Remember what I told, you, I told you at the beginning that the unbeliever is spiritual. It says all the other people did what? They called on their God. The one person that was not calling on his God was who? The Christian. He was sleeping. And then he will say, I don't know what you people are talking about. After all, I did not enjoy the blessing. Call on your God. It was the unbelievers that now came to Jonah to deliver him. They said, why are you sleeping? They said, everybody.
God is calling on their God. Can you get up and call on your God? Meanwhile, he was the cause of their problem. He, they suffered loss, remaining on the same boat with him. Yeah, because they threw away all their things. I suspect Jonah came with only his bag. Yes. They threw away all their precious things. And guess what? You that follow this coffer, you suffer more loss than this coffer. You suffer more loss than this coffer. Jonah carried his bag. They said, wake up and call on your God. He said, okay, okay, let me tell you people the truth. Yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. It's not, it's not, it, it, I know why, I know why all these things are happening. After they almost lost their lives, they now said, why? He said, I'm the one. I'm disobeying God, more or less. That's what he was saying. He said, I'm disobeying God. Do you know that some Christians say that today? They think it's cool. So the people said, Jonah said, they asked him what they should do. They said, then just throw me into the water. Well, he's lucky that a whale caught him because death was what he was looking at. He said, just throw me into the water. And then, you know how we're always trying to save a situation. You know, some of us are so good that we are better than God. You want people to consider you a nice person. So you never say the truth because you don't ever want you. And if somebody dares to say the truth, you know the person is telling the truth, but because you want to be politically correct, you don't say anything. You will end up in, a, in not a good place. Your own, the beginning of your blessing in a season like this is to alter the way your attitude of mind. That's the beginning of your blessings. The Bible says they looked at Jonah. He said, throw us into the water. They wanted to be nice. At the end of the day, after being nice and losing the last of the things they had, they said, well, there's no solution. They carried Jonah and threw him into the water. If they had done it before when he told them, they wouldn't have lost the last things. The Bible tells us that God didn't allow Jonah to die. Much as we like to think, oh, he suffered in the belly of a whale. At least he was in the belly of the whale. But you see one thing? As Jonah was in the belly of that whale, I'm sure he was still whining and complaining like some of us are doing. Even if we are not seeing the hand of God in our lives, we are still filled with bitterness and holding on to the things that God has not done. But one day, Jonah was tired. The Bible describes the state he was in with weeds and all sorts of things. Meanwhile, God had opened the heavens upon a nation to whom Jonah, God had sent Jonah so he would have enjoyed the benefit. But all he saw was his self-worth and importance and how God would change. And because of that, he was suffering loss that he was not supposed to be suffering. But after the third day, the Bible says, Jonah, he, in the middle of being surrounded by weeds and everything that was going on, the Bible says, one day, he came to himself. And he did what? He cried out to God. That's what God is asking of you. He doesn't care how wrong, how far you had gone. When you come to yourself, he's ready to go with you. That day, Jonah forgot how important he was. He forgot being a prophet. He said, God, just forgive me and help me. He came to himself, called out to God, and that was it. God took him out of the belly of the whale. Thank God that he was alive long enough to accept that he was going in the wrong direction. And then the Bible says he came out and he went to Nineveh. He did what God, he completed his assignment. It is indeed true that the people cried out to God when they heard the message, and God forgave them, and things began to go well. But, you know, if we were to see that story beyond there, I'm sure that they, were, they appreciated Jonah. They loved him. They thanked, I'm sure that Jonah became really, would have become really important to the king and to the people for at least telling them the truth that made them cry out to God. Do you really want these blessings? Whether you are walking right or you are a scoffer, 
You are here because God cares about you. You have heard the word today. What decisions do you want to make in this season of open heavens? Let's bow our heads. Do you want to go with him? Do you want the blessings? You thought you were smart, but God is letting you know. For many seasons, you have heard about open heavens. You have heard about different seasons of blessings. And you were scoffing, nothing happened in your life. But do you want to make a change? You can talk to God. You can talk to him where you're seated. You can talk to him where you're seated. It's important. You can be honest with him. Tell him sincerely. If you can't talk because of the people around you, just get up and go somewhere else and sit down and talk to him. Or you can pretend like you're going to the back. Stop somewhere and talk to him. But if he's not in your life at all, if you have not started the work with Jesus, then you need to start with him. Remember, at any point you call on him, he's ready to come into your life and help you do this work. So if you're here and you want to start that work with him, please signify by lifting up your hand right now so that people can pray with you. We all did it one day. If you are here, and you have not yet asked him into your life to help him start this work, then you can start today so that you can partake of all that he wants to do in your life. Is there anyone that wants him in their life today? Please just signify by lifting your hand. The ushers are standing by. If you are lifting your hands, lift it clearly. Today can be the first day for you. Is there anyone that wants to start with him? You need him to enjoy this blessing that is his. We'll give you a few more minutes. Everyone praying. You have to pray for yourself. You talk to God. But if you've never invited him into your life, you want to start with him, please signify by lifting your hand so we can pray with you and you'll continue from there. God bless you. God bless you. Does someone else want to join her? Please lift, signify by lifting your hand. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's everything to be proud of. We are waiting on you. Just show, signify by lifting your hand. We are closing. You can still join in. You can still join in. Just put up your hand. The ushers will put a card in your hand and they'll tell you what to do. I don't know the state you're in this morning. Let's rise and everyone talk to God yourself. Everyone talk to God yourself. Everyone talk to God yourself. Talk to God yourself. I'm not going to pray for you. You will pray for yourself. You will tell him honestly where you are at and what you desire.